Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hi, this is Lindsay Jones from The Athletic Football Show. Just a quick note on this podcast, Robert Mays and I recorded this on Saturday afternoon, shortly after the news broke that Tom Brady was going to announce his retirement. Obviously, in the day or two that followed that, Um, He backtracked, his agent backtracked, um, but now it is official. On Tuesday morning, Tom Brady officially announced his retirement from the NFL, saying that he no longer wanted to make the competitive commitment that it takes to be a great quarterback. And now on to the show. This is the Athletic Football Show. Welcome to the Athletic Football Show. I'm Robert Mays. Joining me today is Lindsay Jones. Lindsay, how are you? I'm great. I mean, it's a big day, right? Big day in the NFL. I used to joke when I would go on like a weekend trip and people would ask, well, you have to work today on like a Friday afternoon. So, well, no, I don't really have to work. But if Tom Brady retired, I'd probably have to do something. That was always the example (laughs) I would use when I would mention something that moved the needle so much that it shook the NFL world to its core. And here we are on Saturday, January 29th, 2022. And Tom Brady is walking away. The reports from ESPN, from Jeff Darlington and Adam Schefter, say that he is retiring, in fact retiring, a day that never really seemed like it would come. I mean, there were so many moments where it felt like it should, where it felt like it might be the right time, and it's almost kind of surreal. So... What was your reaction? I and mean, when you saw it, what was your first thought? Yeah, I mean, that this is a landscape shifting day in the NFL. Um, because, and we're going to talk, we'll get into like kind of what this means for the league. But I mean, this is a guy who has been the face of the NFL for basically two decades, um, has accomplished more than anybody else. He has changed the way that we think about the quarterback position, he has changed what is possible for that position. Um, 
so yeah, it's just, I mean, I don't think I'm ultimately surprised that he came to this decision. No. I'm only surprised that it was only six days since he last played and that the playoffs are still going on, that he didn't take a little bit longer to think this, think all this through and to maybe make an announcement at a different point. So just the, the timeline of it, I was 14 years old when Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl. I was in eighth grade. That I, I do not know a world without Tom Brady as an adult person. And it's just so strange to look back on this and even try to take a step back and contextualize it, which we will do in a second. But as far as this moment, it makes sense to me. It's, it's probably a little quick. You're right. But he has nothing left that he has to yeah. prove. And even you could have said that years ago. But there was always going to be the question when it came to the Brady-Belichick partnership of who deserves credit. How do you parse this? Who was really responsible for what the Patriots were for two decades? And in his first season without Bill Belichick, year one, after the Patriots are like, you know what? Thank you very much for your time. We're going to move in a different direction. He goes and wins the fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> it's insane. And then I understand after that, maybe that's the time to walk away. But when you look at what the Bucks did last offseason, the commitments they made to keeping that roster together, how good that roster was. You know, we can talk about what that season was last year and them finally winning it and what it means for Tom Brady's legacy. The Bucs weren't this shoddy roster that lacked talent. They were really good. They had a lot of really good players. Yeah, he was the he was the missing piece there. Exactly. And so you bring it back, and it's not as if they were the best team in football the entire 2020 season. You know, they came on late as a wild card team. They didn't even win the division to go on and win the Super Bowl. And this year really gave them a chance to own the season. And he did. At age 44, he led the NFL in passing yards and passing touchdowns. If you had given him the MVP award, I totally understand it. I yeah. wouldn't have even blinked at it. And, and he that, almost certainly will finish second yes. in that voting in a couple and of weeks. And that, that, in my mind, it was the kind of the last thing of, I, I want to show you guys that I'm still the best player in football at this age. And he pretty much did. Uh, just as good. So now, what what is there left? And if you look at the comments that he made on his podcast after that last game and his, his kids and his wife watching him take all those hits at a certain point that that should take a toll. You know, when he, that game reminded me of the AFC championship game against the Broncos in 2015, mm -hmm. which is how much punishment he was taking at that point. He wasn't going to walk away, but now why do you need to have those games anymore? I mean, what else is there for Tom Brady to do? The answer is nothing. And I know that part of the reason he's a superhero is because he didn't think like the rest of us do. He's not wired like the rest of us do. But I think it's a very human conclusion to say, you know what? That's it. That was enough. I've proved everything I need to. It's time for me to walk away. And I would say the one other thing in that is that, you know, he he very much understands, like he talks to all the other quarterbacks. He's very much in tune with what all of his peers have gone through. I'm sure yeah. he remembers every single thing that was said about Drew Brees last season and watching Drew Brees kind of fall off that physical cliff. Um, he absolutely knows what Peyton Manning went through in 2015 and how difficult it was for Peyton Manning to get through that season, how the, when the physical decline happened and that hasn't happened for him. You know, he's never had a moment where you've looked at him and you said he doesn't have it anymore. And maybe he didn't want that. Maybe his ego Why didn't would you? want that. Right? Wouldn't it be you amazing know? to walk away as one of the best players, if not arguably yeah. the best player in football and never have to face down that version of mortality? Yeah, he never had to face that that addition of father or father time never really came for him. Right. It's really, you know, it's really incredible that he's going to be able to get to walk away on his his own terms. In Tom versus time, Tom won.
<laughs> it was a definitive victory for Tom Brady. All right, let's try to wrap our arms sure. around what Tom Brady was. It is not easy to do to kind of gain some perspective on what 22 seasons of Tom Brady have looked like. Where would you even want to start with this conversation? I mean, he, he had one of the things that's so incredible about Tom Brady is, well, like because his career lasted as long as it did is he had a ton of different like, I mean, he evolved a ton. Yeah. I mean, every single season was different. He won a lot of games with teams that were built in completely different ways. You know, the guy who won the, the first Super Bowls in the early 2000s when, you know, he was a really young guy were completely different than the the Super Bowl teams from his later years with the Patriots and certainly different than the way he played. So I don't know. I mean, I, you know, and then you have so much of his legacy is being a six round draft pick, being pick 199. Um, that's something that is inextricably linked to the way that he played, the way that he approached every single day. Um, so I don't know. I mean, maybe is it our kind of our favorite favorite memories or, you know, from those early I want to talk about those days? eras because that to me is the most remarkable thing about him. And obviously it's possible because of the time that it spanned. But if you just want to break it up into chunks, right? The 2001 through 2006-ish era feels like one chunk where he was yeah. a very good quarterback on a great, set of Patriots teams that won multiple Super Bowls. That 04-05 run when they won two in a row, that was a really, really good team where he was a good quarterback as part of that overall equation. And then that 06 season happens where they have Brashe Caldwell and whoever else he was throwing to in that game against the Patriots, against the Colts in that AFC Championship game. And the New England and Bill Belichick looked at that situation and said, screw this, we're not doing this anymore. They go get Randy Moss and Wes Welker and that 2007 season, I don't know if it's the thing I'll remember most about Tom Brady's career, but I, I remember how vivid it is. It's so vivid in my mind. They changed football. Yeah. And that 07 Patriots team changed the way we play in the NFL, changed the way we think about how offenses should look in the NFL. When you look at how Wes Welker just redefined what slot receivers are, how much they played from the shotgun, how spread out it was. What I was it did sophomore- for Randy Moss's career. It, it, what it did for Randy Moss's career and legacy, and when I I think about that team, I was a sophomore in college that year, and I remember we used to go to a, a bar called the Coliseum in Columbia, Missouri, and I vividly remember games from that year. I mean, it's just a random year when I was 20 years old, but the Dolphins game from early in the season and just what it felt like to watch that group play with each other, they were unstoppable. It was such a special team to watch, and that ushered in this era of Tom Brady as superstar. I am arguably the best player in football, Tom Brady. Blow for blow with Peyton Manning. You you have to talk about me in this rare air, and that was that stretch. But that next stretch, for as great as I think the teams were, they also went through that drought where they weren't winning Super Bowls, where that is kind of there was like that what if. The idea of that 07 and 2011 teams never winning Super Bowls as those two offenses. I mean, those are two of the best offenses we've ever seen in the NFL. And they went through that little lull, but his greatness was really unquestioned at that point. We, I think we we talked about and thought about him in a different way after that 07 50 touchdown season. And then in 2011, when they had that offense and it was the Gronk years. And then Um, you go into this era. And then I will say the one other thing before we. Before we move into that era, the middle of this middle era, he also tore his ACL and missed an entire season, which we cannot leave out because that is certainly part of, you know, I think now when we talk about players tearing their ACLs, quarterbacks specifically, 
it was a completely different conversation when Tom Brady did it in 2008. I mean, huge questions about his recovery timeline. What sort of player was he going to be after that? Um, so that was another kind of defining moment. Of and it was that also era. robbed from us. That season was robbed from us. Think about how good that Patriots team still yeah. was with Matt Castle. Yeah, that, because was, my, they had that was my first because- year covering the NFL. And the Broncos played a Monday night football game in Foxborough. And yeah, I remember, you know, that game got Josh McDaniels a head coaching job. It made Matt Castle a lot of money <laughs> yes, it did. elsewhere in the NFL. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's one other part of that is the impact that his injury had, not just on him, but um, on kind of the rest of the NFL as well. And then you get to that. It's hard to figure out what years you should make the the, bar, the markers, but kind of the 14 2014 through 2018 range when Julian Edelman kind of ascends and you have the pass catching running back is a huge part of what their overall recipe was like. And even in that stretch, he was they won multiple Super Bowls. They were the beast in the AFC as he's creeping up into his 40s and he's playing at this ridiculously high level still. So you you break it up and it's almost like he had three different Hall of Fame careers, at least two. And he's a different sort of player in all of them and his willingness and ability to adapt to what they needed to do and what he needed to be throughout all of those different versions. It's just absolutely wild. And then you get to this final version, which is almost the most mind boggling of all of them. As he steps into his mid 40s with a new team and you go from this type of offense in New England in that last stretch where it's a lot of dink and dunk and it's very surgical and they operate in the underneath areas of the field and that's just how they have to win to this New England or this Tampa team where he's I think he had led the NFL in air yards per target in 2020 with one of the lowest times to throw in football and just this style of play that should be impossible and the arm strength was there over the last couple of years he was one of the most exciting quarterbacks in football over the last two seasons with the Bucks. so just even that final evolution is hard to truly comprehend because of how ridiculous it is on its face. Yeah, and I would say one other, we talked about kind of the timing and what was left to prove. I would say the one other thing about this very final era is that he was not healthy for the 2020 season. He spent most of that year dealing with a knee surgery. He had it it surgically repaired this offseason. So he came back for one final year where he was kind of, the guy he wanted to be and playing in an offense that might kind of better cater to his skills while he while he was healthy. So that's certainly like the coda. Like, I don't know if it's a whole nother era of his career, but it's like, you know, you you had to publish like a new edition of the book and tag it on, you know, tag it on there at the end of, you know, kind of a post a postscript and um, wrapped up any really lasting questions that we might have had. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. 
Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. What is the thing you'll remember most? Is there a moment, a game, a throw as you're trying to go back through it? I know that's hard because yeah. it's a rich text. For but sure, what yeah. would you land on if you had to pick something? Yeah, I mean, so I think there's, you know, look, I've been covering the, ton- the NFL since 2008. So I think I have like Tom Brady memories as a fan, like before I was covering the NFL. And for me, it was the tuck rule game. Um, I have like really vivid memories of watching that game. I grew up a Broncos fan, you know, living in Colorado. So um, I remember being like, kind of happy, I guess, that the Raiders weren't going to win that game, you know, 19-year-old me or whatever that was in my college apartment. Um, I hope Amy Trask isn't listening right now. But I would say it's like a, from my the professional side of my career, um, being in the stadium for 28-3, to 3, yeah. being at that Super Bowl in Houston, and just feeling what it, what it was like in that building when it started to turn. And you just knew that the kind of their direction that it was going. And then here comes this like Superman and it felt inevitable. And that moment, that game has kind of shifted the way that I've thought about Tom Brady every moment since it was, you know, the, the Super Bowl in Minneapolis the next year, that insane game where the Eagles are going back and forth. And, um, you know, Brady got the ball back with like one fifty to go. And you just like, I felt I had to write, I was at USA Today at the time. And I had to write, we call our mobile gamer where you have to file it at the two minute warning and it gets pushed (laughs) out. I mean, like millions of people are reading this. I think it's the most read thing I've ever written in my entire life. I mean, literally millions of views on it. And like, he gets the ball back with 150. And I'm like, writing the Tom Brady led another historic Super Bowl comeback. And then he got strip sacked. And it was like, wait, what? You know, but it's informed everything where you just feel like he can do this. And you felt it last week against the Bucks, where here comes this or or against the Rams, excuse me, like he can do it. Like it seems improbable, but he's going to put his team in position to do it. And it, it didn't always work out, right? It didn't work out last weekend, but he was going to put his team in position to do it um, every single time. That's kind of, that's what will stick with me the most, I think too, is just this inhuman level of belief that he instilled that he evoked from all of us and not just the i mean in every single moment that 28 to 3 game i was in that building and i watched that game happen and that just feeling that it was going to happen it was they they were going to come back they were going to win the level of belief that he clearly instilled in that bucks team last year it was a talented team but to kind of transform what they thought they were capable of in that moment and just that season is wild. Last week, and just how clear it was that they still had a chance in that game because Tom Brady was their quarterback. That feeling and that sense that they could do anything and win any game because he was there is really hard to shake. And that, that especially in my professional career, that's what will stick with me the most. And I think just on a broader level, just the way that he defined an era of how we think about football. You know, the passing era and the passing boom started – in that 2011 kind of range, it kind of maybe started even with that 2007 season. And the way that Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees 
reshaped how we think about football, how we think about you, the ways you need to be successful, the place a quarterback has in the overall calculus of winning football teams. Tom Brady was at the forefront of that, right? That era begins in the second half of Tom Brady's career, but right in the heat and right in the just the heart of what he was yeah. and where he was successful. Um, before we get into, I think I have some more stuff I want to say about the, the, the Brady legacy. I do want to say it's, um, we're recording this at three 45. We're live right now, but we're recording this at three 45 on Saturday afternoon, Eastern time. And there's still kind of some weirdness out there. ESPN obviously reported this news, um, Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington, Jeff Darlington, especially who is extremely plugged in. Like there is not a single reporter I trust more about Tom Brady stuff than Jeff Darlington. Um, we will say that as we were recording this, the Bucks have not been told this. Um, they don't know this. Bruce Arian has not yet been told this. Um, our Greg Amon, our Bucks beat writer, um, he just tweeted, it's been an hour since ESPN reported Tom Brady's retirement. NFL accounts, Brady brand accounts have acknowledged it, but the team has said nothing. And just checking a few moments ago, Bruce Arians hasn't been told he's retiring. So it doesn't add up right now. Um, and Don Yee, who is Tom Brady's agent, texted Adam Schefter and he said, I understand the advanced speculation about Tom's future without getting into the accuracy or inaccuracy of what's being reported, Tom will be the only person to express his plans with complete accuracy. He knows the realities of the football business and planning calendar as well as anybody, so that should be soon. What this says to me is that Brady, who has never wanted anything done by accident, you know, he is as image conscious as anybody we've ever seen in the NFL outside of probably Peyton Manning, um, probably is planning some sort of more formal announcement. I'm sure there will be a video, um, probably prepared statement. I mean, there'll probably be a lot, you know, a lot more stuff that's coming out. And this is, but look, these type of things almost never happen on the player's terms. I mean, remember the Andrew Luck situation where, you know, that like that leaked out, um, you know, Tom, uh, Peyton Manning's Peyton actually called Chris Mortensen and said, like, you can have this, like, I want you to be first. And then he like started calling his teammates and everything with that. But, um, my my guess is that like this is right, but Brady wants to be the one to like formally sure. say it. So I don't think we're wrong to be speculating about any of this Listen, stuff. Talking if about if his we legacy, are, then but... you can just forget we did all of this. But yeah, we'll just we'll matters. just run it back. We'll run yeah, it back it's in fine. ten days. We'll do it again whatever, in two but... weeks when he actually does it. But I just think this is very much like a you know Brady need wants to have the production element <laughs> and all of it branded. There'll probably be merchandise like you can like get a NFT of. His <laughs> retirement announcement, all of those sorts of things. But um, to circle back, so you were talking about how he changed, he was part of this era that changed football. I would say the other part of that and his legacy is that he changed what it means to play quarterback and what it is going to mean for every single guy who plays after him and what they think is possible about how long you can play what it takes to play as long as you did the mental side of it, the quarterback head coach relationship. But you know, I don't think we're going to see – it's not going to be a regular thing where we see guys playing at 42, 43, 44, winning Super Bowls at, this at age level. 43. We're, I don't think we're going to see that, but I think it is going to change what, what we think about for this next generation of quarterbacks, whether that's the guys that are now approaching their later 30s, the, you know, the Matthew Staffords and Aaron Rodgers and that group of guys. If they look and say, you know what, I can – the rules are different. The technology for how I take care of my body is different. I can play till I'm 41, 42, 43, 37, 38. That doesn't have to be the end of my career. And then if you look at, think about guys like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and, you know, Patrick Mahomes, who is 26, um, how much longer their careers can be because Tom Brady showed them how to do it. And he established a blueprint for 
um, what it takes to have longevity beyond what anybody ever thought was possible. It's it's an era where you're watching those guys and the Peyton Mannings and the Tom Brady's and the Philip Rivers's and the Drew Brees's, the way they played the position. It's I didn't know if we'd ever see another group like that. And you know, Joe Burrow and, and Mac Jones aren't necessarily those fleet of foot type guys and super nimble and playmaking quarterbacks is kind of how I'd refer to them with playmaking traits. You know, they're more of an, this, these old school. I'm going to get the ball out quick. I'm going to win in the pocket. All of that other stuff. So it's I don't know exactly if, if, if this group is going to go by the wayside. I was talking to a coach yesterday, and he asked me that. Do you think we'll see more of this group when Tom Brady walks away? And I don't know. You know, it feels like we might. It feels like those elements of playing quarterback are always going to be there. But when you watch Tom Brady at the end, and when you watch Peyton Manning at the end and Drew Brees, it's just remarkable how much they could win between the ears yeah. and what that just log of experience and knowledge brought to the way that they could play the position, how they could make you wrong at any single moment. That's what it felt like when you were watching the Bucks over the last couple of years. It's just that it didn't matter. Like He had the answers to the test before it even started. And when you combine that with the players he was playing with, it was a really special combination at times. Watching that Bucks offense when they were rolling was as fun as watching any version of an offense Tom Brady ever played in. And just kind of putting a pin in it before we get to what's next for a couple of these groups. That last couple years in Tampa, right or wrong, probably wrong, made me rethink how I viewed Tom Brady. It was so easy over the course of that four or five year stretch near the end of his Bucks tenure or his Patriots tenure, even if they, even if they were winning Super Bowls, even as they were winning Super Bowls, to just have your eyes glaze over and just be not inspired by the greatness that Tom Brady put on display. Watching what they were offensively in Tampa over the last couple of years, maybe it was a different uniform. Maybe it was getting out from under Belichick's shadow, I whatever it was. It. it just, I was in awe all over again of just who he was and what he could accomplish. It's, it's hard to comprehend how special of a player he was over the last couple of years at this age in a new setting in this NFL with those guys who are 25 and 26 with these otherworldly abilities chasing him. The fact that he could still be the same guy, just as untouchable and win a Super Bowl last year, it really was important to me as far as adding one more layer to the legacy that he is that he'll have in the player that he was. Again, right or wrong. Well, and I think one of the hard things or, you know, the complicated things is, you know, when when you were in one place, I mean, he was in one place for so long, he and Bill Belichick were so tied together. And for as much greatness as there was during that time together, there was also a lot of kind of ugliness, right? There were yeah. cheating scandals. Um, there was deflate gate and what his role in that and everything, which I think Ultimately, like history will probably show is a little bit overblown, but he, it was you know, silly. Ultimately, uh, you know, the things that they, they really focus on, like this is the thing that we have to go after. But, you know, there, there, were, there was tough stuff that they went through. And look, as reporters who cover the NFL and we're at all these events, like it does get a little stale, right? When it's like Tom Brady at the Super Bowl every year and Bill Belichick at the Super Bowl every year. And, um, you know, there was all the whole the whole year with the MAGA hat and like there was just a lot of stuff. So there was just a lot of like kind of anti like he just got tired of it right like the Tom Brady stuff and like the constant you know he, he kind of became like a villain for a lot of the country and you know I don't think I ever looked at him as a villain I definitely had the like I was excited about the new generation of quarterbacks 
coming in because it was like, oh, it was new, it was something different or whatever. And I think you're 100% right about the the last era of his career when he went to Tampa, where he got to be separated from the Bucs, we got to, or uh, from the Patriots, we got to see him kind of come out of a shell more. It looked like he was enjoying himself. Um, he, you know, opened himself up a little bit more. He kind of was like corny on social media, just like, like every 44 year old dude is, you know, as he, as he's, he was trying to kind of adjust to like what the kids are doing. Um, and then also kind of just like put him in a different offense and let him do something different. So, you know, I think whether you like loved him, whether you were, you know, the, the mass holiest of mass hole and love new everything, new England and, you know, the, the Tom Brady guy, or, you know, you grew up in Denver you know, where I live, where the huge rivals or you were a Dolphins fan or wherever it was, you just have to respect the career that he put together and what he was able to do every week. And I think that was really what we saw over the last two years was a guy who was doing something new, try, doing something hard, you know, moving, trying to get into a new situation and new teammates and moving your family and all that sort of stuff. Um, I just really kind of respect that, you know, that side of it of I just had this new appreciation for him as a player and a little bit of him as a person too and what he was kind of going through once he was able to separate himself from New England. It's just there's so many moments that you forget. I mean, going back to that point about the young quarterback. So I was at the AFC championship game when they beat the Chiefs in overtime. Yeah. And it was kind of a thought of like, oh man. I'm going to spend a Super Bowl week with the Patriots again. But that's what it was. Because you're, you're thinking like, oh, what new stories? Like, what that, can I write about Tom Brady that I what, haven't written yet? Yeah. It ceased to be interesting at times. And that's my own fault for just a lack of creativity and a lack of just being closed-minded. But there were moments where it ceased to be interesting. And I think that's why the last Tampa stretch was so important. But just think back to, what was it, the 14 season? Uh, the we're on to Cincinnati game yeah. where they lose this. They lose to. I think it was the Chiefs, right? It was they the lost Chiefs. to the Chiefs. Yeah, it was the Chiefs on Monday Night Football, and they have this miserable game. And it's easy to think in that moment, man, is Tom Brady done? Is this it? Yeah. Have we has this run its course with the Patriots? That was seven years ago, <laughs> and then now we're in this moment. It's just so hard to think about it. And when you think about that stretch of seven years and the, when you break it up into three seven-year stretches is what his career was. It's impossible to comprehend it fully. And I think that we're going to need a lot of time to truly contextualize it and truly step back and say, what was he? What does he mean? Even if we spent the last half hour talking about it. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run? Take a nap? Read a book? Show up for a friend? Show up for yourself? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Showing up for yourself, that's a big one. That's exactly what therapy is. Doing what you need to do. Carving out the time that you need to make sure that you can show up for yourself and take care of what you need. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash maze today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash maze.
stock have too high a price? Buy a slice. Trade fractional shares of your favorite U.S. stocks and ETFs in any dollar amount you choose with zero commissions online. Get started at fidelity.com slash stocks by the slice. Fractional share quantities can be entered to three decimal places if the value of the order is at least one cent. Dollar-based trades can be entered to two decimal places. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from one cent to three cents per $1,000 of principal. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. So last thing, what happens now? I, I was talking to a head coach yesterday, and he just mentioned offhand as, when we we're talking about other stuff. You know, what if Brady leaves? What if the Bucks are in the quarterback carousel? And he almost don't even entertain it. You know, it's all when I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. When when he when he retires, maybe we can talk about this. But now it's real. So now you have another open quarterback spot. You have a Bucks team that really was set up to be pretty good again with all the talent that they have. Now they're looking for a quarterback. There's just a lot. There's a wrench that this throws into the off-season picture for sure. Yeah, I mean, so Mike Sando, um, our our colleague, wrote. I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago. He kind of did a kind of a, did a deep dive into the 2022 quarterback market and kind of the, the entire league-wide landscape. And he put 19 teams into uh, that could be looking or could have a new quarterback next year. So now you got to throw the bucks into that mix. I think he clarified it. We should probably pull the giants out now because um, they've kind of reinforced that Daniel Jones will be their guy next year. But yeah, but this opens up another guy, another team that will be looking for a quarterback that has a, Potentially, unless they want to commit to Kyle Trask. Right, yeah. I mean, so they drafted Kyle Trask last year, what, second round? Is that a second? Mm-hmm. He was a second round pick. Um, I don't think he was active for a single game this year. We don't know anything about him and his sort of readiness to be a quarterback. They also have Blaine Gabbert, your favorite quarterback. Um, <laughs> we know your affinity for Blaine Gabbert. Um, but that, it's completely, I mean, look, the, the NFC South now, we don't know who the Saints quarterback is going to be. We don't know who the Bucks quarterback is going to be. We don't know who the Panthers quarterback is going to be. Do we know who the Falcon? I mean, that entire division could be completely, I mean, it's, that completely changes. It could becomes wide open. And now you look at just the overall scope of the league and especially the NFC. Like, what if Rodgers leaves? Yeah. What if Rodgers gets traded to an AFC team? Who's yeah, the what if Rodgers comes to the AFC West and you have like four really good quarterbacks in this division and then, then the NFC South has zero? And you're looking at the NFC period. You know, you're the you know, obviously the Rams Stafford Stafford's going to be the, back. So the, I mean, the Rams got to feel pretty good about this. And, and with the Rodgers thing on the horizon, the Niners. We'll see what happens with Trey Lance. But the teams that look at themselves as contenders in the NFC, this is a big moment for them. And the, I mean, the quarterback carousel questions are going to be never ending. Yeah, like you be, said, two thirds of the league could be looking for somebody. There are way more teams who are going to be looking for quarterbacks than there are going to be quality veteran starters available. What it's going to do, it's going to like, I mean, I'm sure the Niners are like, sweet, we're going to get a sweet haul for Jimmy Garoppolo, who now has the Niners in the NFC Championship game, potentially in the Super Bowl, but are ready to move on from him. Um you know, people are going to be calling for calling the Raiders, whoever the new coach is, Josh McDaniels or whoever it ends up being to find out about Derek Carr, maybe Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I mean, this tier of quarterbacks, I mean, it's it's going to be wild. I, I mean, it, this draft class isn't great. Um, so this is a great year if you're one of those like six or seven teams who is set at quarterback and you should be freaking out if you are one of the like five or six teams that isn't in that like maybe we need a new quarterback, but you're in the like we are desperate for one. If you're Washington, Pittsburgh, Denver, Tampa, Carolina, like you better be freaking out because this is a bad game of musical chairs. I mean, only a couple people are going to leave this with a quarterback that they're happy with. 
So you made a joke about Blaine Gabbert and my affinity for Blaine <laughs> Gabbert. I covered Blaine Gabbert during his first year as a starter at Mizzou, which was 2009. It was the first year after Matt Eberflus left as the defensive coordinator at Mizzou. He's now the head coach of the Bears. Blaine Gabbert is the backup quarterback for the Bucks. 12 years later. And that 2009 season was Tom Brady's first year back after tearing his ACL. Even after that year, if you had ended his career in that moment, he would have been a Hall of Famer. And 12 years later, he has stacked up how many more Super Bowl rings, another MVP award, how many more MVP-worthy seasons. It's impossible to truly comprehend. And again, we're going to spend a lot of time digging through it here over the next couple days. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives were consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call. Each week on alternate routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow alternate routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Is there anything else you want to say in no, this, just, in I mean, this immediate you, reaction about the greatest NFL that, player of all time? Yeah, I mean, he's just like, the stats are just insane of just like how many more passing yards and touchdowns he threw like in each decade. Um, and that like, even into his 40s, that he was a more like statistically productive quarterback than he was in his 20s. Like it's, it just, it just shows you how many eras of football he has been a part of. Um, but no, I mean, I guess it's just, you know, look, look, we're, I'm 40. You're a few years younger than me. I was 18 when he was drafted. So I guess I don't know the NFL as an adult either without Tom Brady. I mean, there's just generations now of football fans who we only know the NFL one way because of Tom Brady. And um, look, he'll be now eligible for the Pro Football Hall of Fame in five years. Him and Ben Roethlisberger together. Will Aaron Rodgers join them? That would be a pretty wild first year eligible group. Um, but yeah, they can just now go, go speed this along. You know, they'll have some sort of, he can go back to Foxborough next year and they'll do like a, you know, a, a nice homecoming on like the Sunday night football game that he, or CBS game, whichever game that was this year where they can, you really kind of go back and like appreciate him. They can go ahead and retire number 12 um, in it's new scary. England. When you look at a montage when it finally comes, there are going to be moments you totally forgot about that we're forgetting about right now because it's so long and there's just so many things. I mean, the throw that may stick with me the most is the throw he missed to Randy Moss in the Super Bowl. That one that was 65 yards in the air from the numbers yeah. all the way to the other numbers that almost could have won them that game if it was completed. It was just an insane moment. And there are a dozen of them. There, what there about, are 20 um, of them. What about the throw to Gronkowski in the Super Bowl a couple years ago against the Rams where they just they hadn't done anything? in that game and it's that like, drive you just need one yeah one drive one big throw and it's brady to gronk i mean how many million times did we see i mean i think they they'll end their career you have to imagine that this will probably be it for rob gronkowski now too that that'll be a domino effect that gronk's not going to come oh, out it'd be amazing play. if they went in together if so they went yeah, into the, super, the hall of fame together 
are we gonna have to like expand the class? I mean, that would be a fun as hell. Could you imagine being in Canton for that party? The Brady. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, Brady you have the greatest party. quarterback of all time and the the I, I would say the greatest tight end of all time. Yeah. And so that's they're... one of my favorite throws and favorite plays because you know they those two guys were so great together for so long. But like when we talk about like clutch moments and that what did Brady do better than anybody? It was win championships and. That game was awful. It was like the worst offensive Super Bowl we've ever seen. But like you had this just one brilliant moment between, you know, the greatest quarterback and the greatest tight end ever. Two guys that are going to be, you know, linked forever and now potentially be linked in the Hall of Fame. Same class. We'll have a lot more time here over the next week or so over the next however long. <laughs> and hopefully we'll have Tom definitive. Brady, like we can break down his like official video because I'm sure there's one. I'm sure there's one that's coming. I'm sure I'll, there are a million things I've forgotten this, but we're recording it about an hour after that news came down. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Um, again, we'll have plenty more to come on The Athletic. I'm sure there'll be endless coverage. So please go check that out. Theathletic.com slash football show if you do not have a subscription. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Please go check out our championship weekend preview if you have not. That I did with Nate Tice and our pick segment with Shio Kapadia. Still plenty of time to dig into that before the games tomorrow. We will be back tomorrow night after the games. Me and Nate breaking down the AFC and NFC Championship games. So please come I'm join I'm going us. to the NFC Championship game. I will be on a plane to LA tomorrow morning. So um, I'll be writing live from LA Sunday night. So make sure you read all of our championship game coverage too. Absolutely. Plenty of great stuff on The Athletic for you guys to check out. For now, appreciate you guys coming to hang out with us on a Saturday afternoon. We'll be back later. Talk to you soon. This was the Athletic Football Show. Hey, baseball fans. This is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, Join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.